tinsel on the telly, stuffing on the carpet, in my head is cranberry jelly, and on the wall it's a parsnip. Christmas at our house is the same every year, cause everybody loves a scrap when they've had a beer. Back for the Christmas special of the Boondoggle podcast. Lucky for you guys, I found another... I thought I'd like... I was flicking through the Boondoggle book and I couldn't see any Christmas stories. So I went looking and I saw a holly bush and beneath the holly bush was the Boondoggle Christmas special book. There's only two stories in it, so... It's quite small. It was more like a a leaflet. But nevertheless, there's stories in it. And they're pretty bloody Christmassy. Yeah, so if you've gathered, if you've come in at the Christmas special, good evening, good afternoon, bon voyage. Um, No, not bon voyage, bon appetit. Um, Because... Oh, that's good. You might have just been looking through uh, your podcast app and just trying to find Christmas specials of whatever, and you just stumbled upon this one. And I'm glad that you did, because this is a podcast where I read stories from a book that I found, in this case, under a holly bush. And my name is Alex Boone. And in the Christmas spirit... I have, I've had a couple of drinks, just to loosen things up, you know. At this po- at this point, I'm nearing the end of my third can of Guinness, and I'd say that's about just under two pints. I'd say I'm currently a, a card hand card carrying member of the inebriati. Ah, so, that's Christmas. We're getting a bit tipsy. I've listened to... I don't know if I've ever... Yeah. There's some podcasts I listen to with drunk people in. And usually you can't tell. But with me, what you have to take into account is that naturally, in natural conversation, my words are kind of slurred anyway. It's something I've... I don't know if I'm born with it, but... It's something I've inherited, not inherited. It's something I've always had. It's not an official condition. I don't want you worrying about me. But it has meant that um, getting into some clubs has been a little harder for me sometimes, as in the nightclubs, the boogie, the boogie discotheques. Because when I'm... Just when I'm just as drunk as my friends, I'm singled out as the guy who's too drunk. Just because I slur my words a little bit. But I'm 
You know, I'm not going to call the play the victim card here. But I'm just letting you know. If you're listening to this thinking, hey, that guy's had a little too much to be doing a podcast, then think again and listen up. So, as you listen to this, I'd like you to imagine I'm sat around the fireplace. It's crackling. And uh, there's a beautiful tree in the corner. Baubles on it, tinsel, lovely star on top. And uh, and there's fairy lights uh, above me. And I've got mistletoe um, hanging out my nose. And that's a Christmassy scene, isn't it? But in reality, keep that scene in your head. Now delve into the reality of the situation. The only Christmassy thing in this room is an advent calendar. But within the doors of said advent calendar, it doesn't have a little picture of baby Jesus or Mary. It doesn't say something like, um, the three kings followed the star to Bethlehem. It says, the sun can generate enough power in half an hour to power the whole world, or something along those lines. It's not your typical Christmas uh, message, but important nonetheless but there's no uh, there's no Christmassy things in this house it's all in your head you've got to keep it all in your head alright i finished my Guinness um, I'm going to fill up some whiskey now As Hemingway said, podcast drunk, edit sober. If you think it sounds like I'm having a breakdown, I've only been alone in this flat for one day. My housemate's left, back home for Christmas. But I am self-isolating. It's like I'm in the lighthouse. I'm self-isolating. Um... For two weeks, well, I have been since Wednesday for two weeks until I go home because the old parents are doing a bit of shielding, as they say. I've heard people use that word throughout the old lockdown, and it's only within the last month I've been able to use it myself. Parents are shielding, got to self-isolate before I come home for Christmas. So I'm pretty, I'm embracing the... um, the lonely life, locked up, locked down, locked all around. Um, and so, yeah, now I'm on to the whiskey. This isn't how it is every night, just so you know. Just the weekends. All right, let us begin with story of the week number one. And this one is a Wild West Christmas. Here we go now. The Wild West. The Wild Wild West in a nice place to be. Falls into a family. Randall, Clerk and Dorothy. Tied together by equine matrimony. Oh, yeah. 
that. It's the most drunk I've been in a long time. I'm all on my own. All right. Randy and Dorothy sat atop their horses as they as they trudged across the western plains. Clerk hung in a papoose on Randy's chest. Papa, the boy spoke. Here then, Dorothy. The boy called me Papa. Well, whoop-a-doo, Papa. Guess I don't need to call you Papa no more, then. Oh, well, I don't mind much. Well, I do. Now let's find somewhere to pitch up for the night. Gotta get us some shelter, so Santa don't forget about us, her clerk. What you talking about? Santa don't deliver to people in tents. Where's he gonna land? Dorothy rolled her eyes but said nothing. What you ask Santa to bring you for tomorrow, Dorothy? Oh, nothing. Well... Ain't that sweet, he smiled. You got everything you need right here. Hell no, it's cause there ain't no flying fat man in the sky. Clerk started to cry. Look what you done, woman. The boy knows you're talking baloney. You taught me about Christmas in the whorehouse. Waking up Christmas. All you beautiful ladies running downstairs, finding your presents beneath the tree. That story brought many, many, many tears to these eyeballs of mine. Hell, I ain't ever heard no Christmas. You know why? Because I was a godforsaken child. Godforsaken child, I know. I ain't never, I never, I ain't never heard no home. I was been a man on the move. Santa ain't never had no roof to land on. You think you're going to land on some ten of mine? You ought to think again. Well, this year I got myself a child of my own. And God forsaken, he ain't. Maybe I won't wait to a present for myself, but the boy Clitterk. Santa won't forget that kid. Even Dorothy's well-worn heart was minorly broken by that story. She turned her head away and wiped her eyes while Randy looked ahead. Randy, clerk, you'll have your Christmas this year. I just know it. Look here, we'll find shelter. On the edge of the town of Whirly, Dorothy spotted an empty stable. Why, we can nestle down here like the little baby Jesus. Randy was thrilled at the idea. They crept inside, found a corner absent of horse muck and laid their beds. And Dorothy, ain't we just like Mother Mary, baby Jesus, and Joseph himself? Except in this case, I seem to be Mary, and you be Joseph. Since you be contributing very little to the partnership. Dorothy just rolled her eyes once again and carried on. A little while later, the darkness had crept in, and Randall was ever so excited. Dorothy, you ain't never said what you want from Santa. Oh, heck, I don't know. Socks? Socks. You can have anything in the goddamn world. And you've chosen socks. And you're a bit young for such a 
tedious gift. So what would you get, Mr. Fr- so what would you ask for Mr. Christmas then? Well, y- you know, I don't expect nothing. Being a godforsaken child and all. As long as the boy gets his gift, then I'll be happy. And what does the boy want? I don't know. I'm sure Santa does, though. Oh, well, I guess I better head into town and get supplies to leave out for Santa. So Dorothy took herself into the town of Whirling. It was Christmas Eve, so she had to get into town before the shop shut. They'd be Ramo, perfect for Christmas thievery. Luckily, there was a Wild Westfield shopping centre so she could get everything she needed there. Brandy for Santa, milk and a carrot for, uh, brandy for Santa, and milk and a carrot for the reindeer. There were no such things as mince pies back then, so there was no point even looking, she thought. As well as this, she needed to smuggle a present for Clerk, one for Randall, and one for herself, so as not to give her deception away. What the hell do babies want? Food and a clean bottom, as far as she knew. And that clerk rarely had either. Heck, the gift wasn't even important. That idiot Randy would have been happy with an empty can if he thought it was from Santa. She headed into the wild Westfields. About half an hour later, she emerged with her pocket stuffed with goodies. Sure. Sure, theft isn't very Christmassy, but it's more Christmassy than waking up to no presents at all. Plus, Wild Westfields was going to be a massive shopping centre in the future, eventually dropping the wild and moving across the Atlantic to the City of London, so a few items going missing would barely be an issue. She found a secluded corner and wrapped her gifts. Some new boots for Randy and some underpants for the kid clerk. He had really started to stink. Back at the shack, they poured the brandy into one cup, the milk into another, and laid the carrot out for the reindeer. Well, shame Santa ain't gonna get no food, too. Randy reached into his pocket and found some old bread with flecks of mould on. He laid it by the rest of the offerings. Sorry, Santa. It's all I forgot. Dorothy looked at it with dread. The gang laid their heads down, literally hitting the hay. As they were in a stable, Dorothy waited until she heard the snores of Randy, then crept out of her bed. She laid the presents at the foot of their beds, then she drank the milk and the brandy, chomped the carrot, then reluctantly took a bite of the mouldy bread. She coughed and spluttered, then threw up outside. Very Christmassy. Then she took herself to bed again. She woke to the calls of Randy. Dorothy! Dorothy! Old Santa Claus has been! Randall was up out of bed, standing above the pile of presents and shaking his little tushy with joy. And look, there'll be two for each of us. Double Christmas! What the hell are you talking about? Santa's only brought one present. She opened her eyes and sat up in bed. He wasn't lying. 
At the foot of each of their beds were two gifts. That can't be right, can it? It's a miracle. There sure is. Lord God, baby Jesus, in this here world of ours. Randall rushed over to the remains of the offerings. Hey, looks like Santa left note for us. Who drunk my brandy? Santa loves his brandy. He turned to Dorothy. Dorothy, did you drink Santa's brandy? Well, I guess I might have done. Ah, oh, Dorothy. You're lucky Santa's a forgiving man. And me too. Now let's open these here prisons of ours. And they all gathered round. Dorothy, Randall and the little baby clerk. Randall opened his first gift. Not a pair of new boots as Dorothy had bought. But those all in one thermals with a little flap at the bottom. And boy was he thrilled to receive them. Santa sure does know what a man wants. Dorothy opened her first present. Not the new saddle that she had stolen for herself, but a brand new pistol. And she was thrilled too. Well, I never. This ain't the kind of thing a girl expects from old Santa Claus. And she shot it in the air. Excuse me. Clerk unwraps his first present. First present. A pacifier, as they call it in the Wild West. Randall put it in the kid's mouth and he smiled peacefully. Then they opened their second presents and they were all just as thrilled to receive them. Double Christmas, Randall said again. Santa knows me all too well. Heartwarming, Christmassy, in the Wild West. You wouldn't think, well, we've come to know Randy as a soft-hearted man, a soft-centred old fella, who, he loves Christmas. Well, we didn't know he loved Christmas, but you can can expect he would. I'm just going to light this candle. It's not in tribute to anything. It's uh, just because it would be nice to have a candle on the go. Ah, Christmas. And wasn't I'd like to see that as a film. Maybe a short film. But it's got a good little uh, twist at the end, you know. Because Dorothy, she wanted Randall not to have his Christmas ruined. And look what happened. Her Christmas was made. Ah, I've got now. I've got a a little red um, red candle. Now that's Christmassy. That is Christmassy. It's going to be different Christmas this year. I don't know how people do Christmas where you are. We've got listeners all around the world. According to my Spotify wrapped. Four countries. And 
But in my hometown, the town of Abingdon, we go to the pub. I think that's a fairly national tradition, maybe international. We go to the pub Christmas Eve. And everyone's there, the people that you haven't seen all year. And the people that, you know, you're not close enough to like bother reaching out. But if you walk past them in a pub, you'll say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? And you end up having a little natter to people that you haven't... Well, you didn't expect to, I don't know, have a natter with. Sure, there are some people you don't want to see. And there's some people you catch eyes with and then you turn away and think, oh, God, bet. I think there's a mutual agreement. We'd rather not speak to each other. There's those people there. There's also the people that you're like, oh, what are they up to? And then you... You have a data, and it's beautiful. But I always make sure I leave at midnight, because I've always been told if you're not in bed by midnight, then Santa won't come. But my brother and my sister, they've been known to stay to two, three a.m., waking up on Christmas Day with a hangover. That's not very Christmassy, is it? But no, yeah, so I leave at midnight. Although I know that that doesn't mean I'll be in bed by midnight, so Santa still won't come. But he does come, so but then he still comes. Santa still is there for my brother and my sister, despite their late nights. But we won't be having that this year. There'll be, um, I mean, Abingdon probably is a tier two area, so some people might be in the pub, but it won't be Ramo. It'll be a strange Christmas. But it's going to be different. We're just going to have to see our families and that kind of thing. It's a very apt story. So the next story... This next story is called... Santa Goes Sober. Saying that... I hope I don't seem too drunk on this. I don't think I can... uh, Handle the... uh, Ernest Hemingway way of... uh, Writing, creating. Although podcasts weren't around when he was around. He probably would have done this podcast drunk. But I haven't, you know... Lockdown 1, I had a beer or two most evenings. Lockdown 2, been a fairly sober cat. Maybe, to my detriment. Here we go then. And uh, this story is called A Gift for Sandra Claus. And it's a story about Sandra and Santa Claus himself. Here we go. I've read ahead. This is this is a good story. I say, listen up. Uh, oh God! All right. Santa threw the final slack on. Start that again. Santa threw the final sack onto his sleigh. You may wonder how Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, 
the hefty red one, Giftmeister General, Sergeant Presbo, or whatever you want to call him, could fit the whole presence of the whole earth on there. Well, in Slayman's terms, it's because the sacks are like Mary Poppins' handbag. They have far more depth than one may perceive. Then you may wonder why he has multiple sacks if he could fit all the presents in one sack anyway. And that is because he needs to stay organised. What? You think he could do all the presents in one night if he had all the presents in one bag? He'd be rummaging all night! No. He divides them into continents. So he threw Asia onto the pile and turned to Sandra Claus, his wife, and smiled. Yes, we're all ready then. I don't know why Santa's... He's not... Oh, hello. Guess we're all... Guess we're all ready then. All right. All Guess we're all ready then. I'll guess... Oh, hello. Hello. Guess we're all ready then. I'll just pop... Hello. Oh, oh. Let's go. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Guess we're all ready then. I'll just pop to the loo and then we'll get going. No, what does he talk like? Oh, 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 oh. Guess we're all ready then. I'll just pop to the loo, then we'll get going. He does his business and re-emerges from the bathroom. No booze this year, all right? Says Sandra Claus. What? You've got to be joking, Sandra. It's tradition. There are three things you think of when you think of Santa Claus. His laugh, his big old belly, and his love of a drink. Come to think of it, the first two may be related to the third. Your big white beard? Your big red suit, your reindeer. It's only you that ever mentions the booze. Well, why is it waiting for me at every bloody house I go to? Look, look, I don't ask for much, do I? All I ask for is one present. And last year, well, your little present for me wasn't exactly uh, working, was it? The batteries were... Flat, shall we say. Too much brandy does tend to uh, flatten the batteries. You're not young anymore, Santa. And Mrs. Claus needs her present just as much as everyone else. Mum, said Robin Claus, son of Santa, son of Sandra. Shut up, will you? What if you had a PlayStation but you didn't have any games? No, 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 no. If you had a PlayStation and you had a game, but it was just all floppy, you'd get in a rice drop. You could put the in the disc place. Mum! Why haven't you got a girlfriend anyway? I can't tell anyone that we exist. How am I supposed to get a girlfriend? No, that's what they all say. While his family continued to squabble, Santa hopped in his sleigh and swooshed the reins. The reindeer got their asses into gear and began trotting out the garage door. 
Robin and Sandra fell silent when they saw what was happening. Santa turned to the two of them and shouted, Love you! Sandra shouted back, We'll see! Robin said nothing, embarrassed by the whole endeavour. So Santa Claus glided through the sky, on his way to his first drop-off. His wife's demand whirled through his head. Now both this year alright. Too much brandy does tend to flatten the batteries. Mrs. Claus needs her present just as much as everyone else. He was conflicted. On the one hand, he was the jolly old fat man that would lap up whatever alcoholic beverage was laid by the fireplace. On the other hand, he was the present giver, and his wife probably deserves her present more than everyone else, seeing as she does everything else around the house. Why couldn't she just ask for a necklace with his name on it? He whipped the reins once again and chivied the reindeer along. There could be absolutely no dawdling on a night like this. Famously, he had to get it all done before anyone woke up. Also famously, if he missed the house, it would be even harder next year, as there would be less faith to power a sleigh. The sleigh, in fact. They landed on the roof of the Christmas ghost. No, what? They landed on the roof of the first house in Lapland, where he is called Yulapuki, which translates as the Christmas goat. This particularly irks him, as they are his neighbours, so of course his nickname would get back to him. They should show him more respect. He stepped off his sleigh and hopped down the chimney, along with one reindeer, to nibble the carrot and drink the milk offered out. He placed the presents beneath the tree, then stared at the offerings. A mince pie and a small glass of brandy for him, and a carrot and a saucer of milk for Comet. Oh, Comet! What do we do? What do we bloody well do? Comet made whatever noise reindeer make, but quietly. If I drink it, then Mrs. Claus won't be a happy bunny. But if I leave it, they'll never believe Santa has been. What a pickle we're in! Comet made a noise again. Santa's eyes lit up. Yes, Comet! Yes! You're right! You could drink it! And I'll have your milk! I drink your milk! Comet's eyebrows shot up, indicating that's not what he meant at all. But it was too late. Santa was lapping up the milk like a cat. Santa raised the glass of brandy to Comet's lips and tipped it up. He spluttered and coughed, but he kept it down. What a plan, eh, Comet? Comet went for the mince pie. Up, 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 up. The carrots for you, my friend. And they were off again. Now when they got to the now when they got to the now when they got to the next house Santa picked a different reindeer to come down once more Santa had the milk and the mince pie the reindeer had the brandy and carrot
Despite the continuing rotation of the alcohol-consuming reindeer, by the time they got to the USA, about halfway around the trip, trip, the sleigh was wavering off course. Santa had to clutch the reindeers ever tighter now. What's going on over there? Left! Left! I said. They landed on the next roof with a clatter. Santa picked the next reindeer to join him. Dancer this time. She stumbled her way across the tiles and down the chimney. Upon leaving, they scraped a load of tiles off the roof, making a racket below. Flying over China, Santa clutched onto the sacks as the sleigh galumphed across the sky. Whoa there, guys! What the bloody hell do you think you're doing? Rudolph threw up down his chest. Oh, come on! Not at Christmas! This better be worth it. Upon leaving the next house, the sleigh got caught in the guttering, ripping it from its hinges and driving, dragging it with them. Not long now, not long now. <laughs> What's that? Oh, Dasher, no! You can wait till we're home. Now I know why I get pissed to do this. They delivered to the last house in Russia, leaving a trail of chimneys and excrement in their wake and clanged down onto the Lapland snow, skidding into the garage. Mrs Claus was waiting up, wearing her pyjamas. Robin had gone to bed. I knew you wouldn't be able to do it. Clattering in here like that. You must be a wreck. No, Sandra. That clattering is in fact proof that I remain sober. And virile. It's the reindeer that are pissed out of their minds. She took a look at them, their hair all mottled and reeking. We'll sort them out in the morning. Right now, Santa needs to deliver one last present. And she grabbed his hand and pulled him upstairs. A saucy little story, eh? Saucy little story. Um, from Santa, there. Not from Santa. From the boondoggle, you know, the bush that I found the boondoggle in. Oh, Santa Claus. Because you usually, when you've usually seen uh, Santa Claus's wife in stories, she's usually just Mrs. Claus. She doesn't often get a first name, which is you know, if you've done your of mice and men analysis, then Curly's wife. Uh, she's never given a first name in her book because she is uh, denigrated, is that word? Denigrated? Derogatized? Derogate? She's not treated very good um, by Curly. He's sexist. 
everyone in the book just sees her as an extension of Curly. Um, where and also where Mrs. Claus in most stories, she's just an extension of Mr. Claus, Santa Claus, to you and I. But in this case, she gets her own storyline, Sandra Claus, and she she needs a present of her own, if you know what I mean. God, I'm going to dread listening back to this tomorrow. All right. So, next year. Next year, I'm going to go into the woods. And I'm going to do a podcast in the woods. Maybe even a little video. A vidcast. A vlog. I'm going to sleep in the woods in a hammock. And uh, I don't know how early next year that's going to happen, but it will happen. This is disgusting. I hope no one's listened to this for the first time. If I haven't edited them out, there are three burps in this podcast. I hope you spot them all. Um, But, uh, yeah, no. This one, this poddy... It's not going to draw any new listeners, is it? Might get rid of some listeners. Um, But the ones that remain afterwards, you're the ones for me. Uh, we We don't want those flaky people. All right. I really sound like I'm going mad. I've only been in this flat alone for one day. I'm obsessed with that show alone. And they have to last 57, 60 days alone. Um, And one day, and I've got such distractions as the internet and TV and books and stuff. And look at me. I'm a mess. I'm just playing it up for the microphone. All right. Guess Has this been Christmassy? I'll stick some jingle bells on it. That's Christmas, isn't it? Here's something to think about. What's the most recent Christmas song that's been added to the Christmas canon? Um, Gabrielle Chilmy, Warm This Winter. Um, Ariana Grande one, apparently. But for me, uh, The Darkness is um, Christmas Time, Don't Let the Bells End. That is most securely in the canon. But I guess you don't fully know if something's in the canon until five, ten years down the line. And that is 15 years since Christmas Time Down the Bell's End. But the other ones are just... That's a good one, Christmas Time Down the Bell's End. Uh, Anna Grande's... Ah, it's just cheesy. I like cheesy pop sometimes, but, you know, come on. Um, Yeah. That's just... I did it. I drank really heavy things this evening. Stout, now wicked, wicked, wicked whiskey. It's all for the microphones. All right. See you later, Boondoggers. Website, Boondogger.k. Instagram, The Boondogger Pod. Twitter, Alex Boondogger. 
I'm not tweeting. I'm not Instagramming. You've got to do the socials to get your profile bigger. But I'd rather not be on them. It's a dichotomy, a dilemma. How do you get your profile out without being on the socials? Just do like a tour of town centres as a town crier. Alright then, see you later boondoggers and keep on Christmas boondogging! Tinsel on the telly, stuffing on the carpet, in my head it's cranberry jelly, and on the wall it's a parsnip, Christmas sad. Our house is the same every year Cause everybody loves to scrap When they've had a beer Tinsel on telly Fade out this now, just fade, fade out